Hey guys, welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. My name is Steph Ganowski, and as a men's coach, I'm on a mission to help men prioritize themselves, take ownership over their challenges, set boundaries in their relationships, and much more, all while adding a female touch and perspective. I hope this podcast helps you. We need you men, and as a woman, I'm rooting for you. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I am super pumped to share this episode with you. And I know I say that almost every time because I'm pumped. I am pumped to share every episode with you, but especially this one because it's on a topic that I enjoy so much. And that topic is gender intelligence. A lot of people ask me, Steph, what are your qualifications and what have you studied? One of the main things that I've studied is this concept of gender intelligence. And how I describe it is the difference um, understanding the differences in behavior, in communication, in uh, instinctual needs between men and women and how those differences make us more compatible and how we can use them to our advantage. So it's a really cool discussion that I have here today for you. This is part one. Hopefully we have a part two coming up next week with my guest, Mark. And I met him on Facebook amazing guy, super passionate just as I am. So the conversation really flows well and you guys are going to learn so much from it, whether you're in a relationship with yourself, working on yourself before uh, meeting a woman or dating a woman, or if you're in a relationship now. So let me introduce you to Mark and uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Mark Sefton is a personal mentor to entrepreneurs, and his mission to help others has seen him break into global markets while working with startups and millionaire entrepreneurs around the world. When not on the big screen, Mark is a regular contributor to Entrepreneur Magazine and a speaker for corporate events, entrepreneurship summits, and major conferences worldwide. His expertise in personal and professional development has positioned him as an expert in the industry, resulting in transformational experiences for audiences, clients, and businesses alike. He's also the author of two personal development books, Inside Job and Plot Twist. Mark, thank you so much for being on. I'm really excited to talk with you and share your knowledge and get the listeners excited because I know our mini phone call got me excited last week and I was like, oh, I want to you know, get his thoughts out there so that my audience can hear what this crazy guy has to say. <laughs> but the first, the first concept that I think a lot of people think will be a little shocking is the fact that I know you believe that men and women you know, aren't equals and shouldn't be treated as equals. And I've come to realize this too, but I want you to jump in and say, you know, why is that? What are your thoughts around that? Well, first of all, I must admit, I'm finding it increasingly harder um, because of lockdown. Like every time I do like a video now, because my hair is like, I've got so much like wax in it to try and take away the curls and keep it reasonably presentable. It's getting more and more difficult. Um, so that always kind of distracts me at the start. In terms of your question around equality, so I think it's really important before I have people start throwing things at, at the computer. Um, if a man and woman do the same job, yes, they should be recompensed uh, the same. Uh, I always think of tennis as a, as a good one. Um, having said that, Men play three sets and women play two. So should there be a difference in money? I think you could argue that there should be or there could be because you, you, you're you giving two different levels. But if it's like for like, should a woman get paid the same as a man? Absolutely. And vice versa. So that's something that's really important before people jump on me. Now, when I say um, 
men and women aren't equal it's because they're not they're different we're different how we're built how we think uh, our energies and i really want to see a world where the two come together and make something beautiful rather than the two against each other where they make something ugly because it's quite sad the fact that some men try to be women some women try to be men and to be honest we need each other. There's certain things that a woman does that a that a man just doesn't do as well, uh, and vice versa. Um, and I, I remembered seeing and witnessing something where there was a group of women. I think they were at a bachelorette party in a in a in a car park, and the one uh, girlfriend she really couldn't park the car. And a man came by and he offered. He said, "Do you, do you want me to park the car for you?" And she was like, "Yeah, sure, yeah." A few of the girls in the group, they were livid. They were like, you know, how dare a man think that, you know, he needs to, you know, park the car, you know. And the woman was like, he's just being a gentleman. I'm okay with it. And they're like, oh, we'd never let a man park, you know, our car. And you get that. And you and it's it's sick because, you know, together we're beautiful. Against each other, we're, we're ugly. And, and that's really what I mean by uh, us not being equal. Like... There's certain things I just better shut up and let the woman do it, you know. And I really believe that. I believe she that she does it better. And, you know, absolutely. Know that I want an easy life. So if she can do it better than me, then be my guest. You know, it's the same in business. I do what I'm good at. And the stuff that I'm not, I either don't do it or I get somebody else to do it. And that's perfectly fine. So that's really what I mean. Men, men and women are not equal. Do you feel like they could be different and equal at the same time? Because you said, you know, we're different. I think the, the main crux is, and I think this is where obviously there is the feminist movement, is because there is equal when it comes to value. No no man is, is better than a woman. No woman is better than a man. So from that point of view, in terms of a value of what each bring, we're, we're equal. But in terms of the roles we play and how that manifests is very different, you know, and that's something that I think, you know, really, really needs to be said and needs to be understood. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And I like that you just like, you just made that point that when it comes to value, we are equal, we should be, you know, valued equally, not necessarily treated equally, which is interesting. Yeah, but it... I dislike the movement of feminism as I do bigotry. And I understand that, generally speaking, women women historically have had more things to feel unjustified and unfairly treated, which I agree, like I said at the start, in terms of like pay, in terms of opportunities, in terms of leadership. Yeah, I mean... On reflection, if I think of all the countries that I feel handled COVID the best, it was actually those that are led by women. And the reason why I feel that they led their countries best is because they don't operate in general with as much ego. The countries that got ravished are the ones that the leader had the most ego, in my opinion. That's why it ravished America, why it ravished you know, Great Britain, because you got people that have ego. Whereas the ones that really did well, I think, were uh, New Zealand, 
You know, I think uh, Finland did well, uh, Germany, you know. And so, you know, for me, that's that says a lot too. Mm. Do you feel that like ego is mostly attached to, like, are you saying that ego is mostly attached to men when it comes to like behavior? I would say you see ego more in men. If I th- like, whenever I think of ego, I always think of sports people mainly. Um, of course, women, women have ego, and, and you know some of the most egotistical people on the planet are, are women. But I think as a as a broad spectrum, yeah, I would say uh, man has more ego. Women, women are more teachable; they want to grow, they want to develop more than what I would say the average man. Of course, I'm I'm kind of generalizing here, mm-hmm. so. You know, I think that's important to say too. But yeah, I think I think so. I think ego is manifest more in a man. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes with the responsibility of leadership, right? Because if men are more looked at as the leader or expected to be the leader, it's kind of it kind of puts more pressure on guys to the point where they have they they don't have to be more egotistical, but they they are more affected by that by that ego. Um, which is interesting, but like, yeah, just bringing up the point that, or the example that you gave about the woman in the car and like not wanting to let the guy do that. I just think that's so silly because I think that it takes a smart woman to know that she can open a door, but if she wants help, she can get it. And like, it's not like this, like, oh, you should get the door for me, but it's just like, it makes the guy feel good. And we know that the little things make the guys feel good. So like, why not just let him feel good? Why is that a big deal? You get a door held for you. He gets to feel good. It's a win-win. You know, like we're putting ourselves in this position where it's like, I could do this myself. Like, yeah, no shit. You can open a door yourself. Like, I mean, I hope you can. And, you know, like that's, but it takes a smart woman to, to ask for help, you know, even if she doesn't need it at the moment. I think that that makes a more intelligent, wise woman to do that sort of thing, to ask for help from men. But I also see it as a, as a woman of strength and equally, you know, a man who demonstrates the same behavior is also a strong man. You know, mm-hmm. having help is, is a sign of strength for, for me, you know, being comfortable in your own skin to know, actually I can do this, but maybe he can do it better, you know? And, and I love the fact that you are absolutely right. Men do love the small things that they can do. It's true. Like, you know, being handed, you know, um, I don't know, like a spaghetti sauce with a real tight lid, you know, to just to simply take that top off, you know, that so small. And yet, and I think it comes down to, you know, I mean, men and women, we all have a basic need to want to feel wanted. Um, when we do something that's even remotely small, it gives us a sense of like, you know, that, that we're important, that we're, we're needed. And it, it like value reflect. and accomplishment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, men and women are unequal. We're beautifully different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I often like now that I know that and I've learned a lot about that in John Gray's book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And um, and now I do go out of my way and to to 
you know, ask guys for help if I need it. Like if I'm struggling with something, if I have a question about a light bulb, like I'll go to my guy friends and I'll ask instead of me trying to figure it out and take an hour trying to figure it out, you know, like, yeah. cause they just know. So it's like, why not just ask the person who knows and feels good when you ask them. And, and, you know, I think that's like, it goes back to like the beautiful dynamic of we each are different types of people and, you know, we complement each other in that way. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's great to ask for help. I think also with guys, you know, like you said, it goes both ways. And I think for men to ask women for help in, in different areas is just as strong and powerful. And I think, and, you know, courageous. Um, but I do think that there's a line that can be crossed when it comes to men asking women for help. Um, in my opinion, it comes to, it comes more on the emotional level of don't go to your woman for your emotional troubles as much as your woman comes to you with hers. Um, I strongly stand by that. What are your thoughts on that? I, I must admit, I can't say I've ever given that any thought. So that that's something mm. that is interesting. May, I think it might be helpful for you to maybe share w- why you feel, feel that way. And then maybe I can interject. Okay. So what I, like my belief is that if women go to, if a woman goes to her man to vent or, you know, what she's looking for is safety. Like the main thing that women want from a male partner is to feel safe and, you know, protected and taken care of. That's what Mm -hmm. we instinctually Mm -hmm. want. Right. That's why we like shit test men because we're trying to test his strength. We're trying to test his emotional strength. So we kind of like pull his buttons with the little things to see if he reacts emotionally and gets bothered by it. And if he teases us back or shows us that he's not bothered, then we're like, okay, like he can protect me. He's strong emotionally. Um, Sounds like a game of chess. (laughs) It does. Uh, It's kind of crazy, but it's all like instinctual. And guys think we do these things on purpose to be malicious or rude or bitchy. And most of it just comes subconsciously because we're testing his emotional strength to see, hey, can he protect my family? If he's upset that I'm making fun of his shirt, how is he going to protect my family? You know, like, so it's like, how strong is this man? So I think we're, we're always instinctually, um, and, and even consciously testing our man's strength, especially on an emotional level. So when men don't do that for women, men don't look for a female partner for strength. Like they're not looking to feel protected most likely. Um, so it's just like, they don't, they don't need that as much from a woman as a woman needs it from her man. So when a woman goes to her man with emotional problems, of course, it's smart for him to set boundaries around those, her emotional venting. And, you know, when she comes to him, it's not necessarily he has to solve her problems or he always has to listen to her be emotional, but it's less damaging to the sexual dynamic of a relationship. If a woman is to come to a man with her problems emotionally as a man coming to her because what does that tell her if he's continuously coming to her whenever he needs to vent or emotionally express himself she's feeling weakness and it's not that it's a man who expresses his emotions is weak but if he's more emotional than he is strong and that scale is tipped then she's like whoa okay wait maybe i'm not so safe here because he's coming to me like his woman for you know, for strength or to, to feel better. And like, I'm supposed to be coming to him for that. And it's kind of like, if the scales tipped is what I'm saying. So like, if there's way too much emotional venting and emotional communication 
from a man to his woman, she's more likely to get turned off sexually and start looking elsewhere or start just the sexual attraction becomes less and less. The desire for him becomes less and less because her need for safety is now in a risky place. So that's my idea of it, just working with men and seeing couples and how they react to certain types of men going through shit and how they handle that shit um, if they go to their partner to, to emotionally vent. So I usually tell guys, don't, don't vent to your partner all the time. Like, go find a friend, have a buddy, get a therapist, talk to me. Like, talk to someone who you're not in a sexual relationship with who's looking to you for safety or protection for the most part. Yeah, that's interesting. It's something that I feel like I, I will chew on probably way after uh, this uh, call. I think I understand what you're saying in terms of safety and security, and I fully agree. Like, as a man, they think they're the qualities that I want to provide, you know, for my woman. I want her to feel safe and secure. And when the shit hits the fan, you know, I've got her back, you know, and... You know, I think most men, we are, we are protective. We like to provide, uh, we like to reassure. It's interesting on the, on the emotional because you're obviously saying that men can feel uh, the way a woman does, but you're saying that you feel that that man shouldn't lean on his woman that way, that he should lean on another male friend or a therapist or a coach or whatever. And, and you feel that's because it actually puts puts the woman off. Um, do you, why do you feel it puts the woman off on a sexual level? Is that all it affects or can it affect, you know, in, in other areas? But it's interesting that you mentioned if a man goes to a woman with emotional needs that sexually she'll be turned off. Mm-hmm. Because I think the difference between a friendship and when a woman's, excuse me, when a woman's looking for friendship in a man versus a romantic partner, what I believe and what I see separates the two is the fact that she's looking for um, protection. She's looking for protection and she's looking for um, a man providing for her in whatever, whatever way that means. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be money, but like, that's what makes the difference between a male friendship and a man, man who she wants to be with romantically, right? Is the protection and providing and her feeling safe. Women don't look to like guy friends necessarily to, to feel safe. I mean, it's an added bonus, but it's not like that. Okay. Like he's got me, he's my rock. Like I'm safe with him. I'm good with him. I could trust him. He's always there. That type of thing. Um, so I feel like when there, when that is put at risk, um, like because that's where the sexual dynamic begins for women is like she's looking for the safety and protection for her and her future family. If that's put at risk, then that's when the sexual dynamic of that romantic connection is, is uh, pulled apart. Okay. Well, I think the interesting thing here would be probably to, we can encourage people to actually feedback, particularly women on this, because it's not something that I can say that I've heard. It's an interesting uh, thought. And you are a woman. So, you know, 
so for me i acknowledge and respect that for me that could actually be of benefit or help to a man hearing that and that's something that i will uh, chew on too because i mean i've just wrote a third book which i haven't released yet and i do talk about um men and their emotions you know because i wear my heart on my sleeve i'm emotionally intelligent i know what i feel i know why i feel it i know what emotion means you know why do i feel this emotion what does it attribute and contribute to you know and and i know that you know even with my relationship with my kids you know they see they see how i am they know how i am my ex-wife she was very much about hiding her emotion from from the children but i've always been a believer of of allowing myself just to be because when they grow up they they need to be familiar with um with these emotions need to understand why we have them and what they mean but it's an interesting point and something that i it's interesting that you've shared that and i think it'd be great to find out what what the listeners are thinking you know be great to to maybe follow up on that i think that's a really interesting point cool yeah i think i and i want to make this point too because i i do tell men always like don't fear expressing your emotions most of the guys who come to me their relationships are at risk because they're never open about their emotions so it's like that's why i say there's a fine line between expression and raising your kids to express and showing them them that it's okay that you know daddy feels a certain way and you know it's not okay. Mm. Like there's, there's a line between showing and constantly going to your woman to vent or for emotional support. If he's constantly leaning on her and her alone, she feels that weight. She feels it like it's heavy and it becomes less of a, I can go to him and more of a, now I can't go to him because he has too much. Like, so now she can't rely on her man and now she can't feel as safe. And then the roles shift. She's more in the masculine. He's more in the feminine. And she has trouble sexually relating to him now at this point. So it's like, that's why I say there's a line and there's a scale. It's like, how heavy is the emotional expression where you're just going to your wife or your girlfriend for versus, you know, just being open and honest. I think also having what takes a strong male communicator um, of emotional intelligence is one who also presents um, a possible, a possible, um, solution at the end so maybe he is venting maybe he is expressing himself and but at the end of it he says but you know what I think I'm going to do right now to to help myself here maybe it won't solve the problem but to help myself right now I'm going to do this and he like shows that he can handle himself so it's not he's not looking to her like what do I do like what do we like you know it's just like all right I'm going to do this do you have any insight okay yeah that sounds good too okay I'm going to walk away with that and he walks away with at least that mentality of wanting to um, showing that he can, you know, follow through with it. I think this is important for women too. I think, you know, mm. both men and women should be doing this is not just going to our partner to dump, but, but also coming up with a way where we can at least take a step forward from that situation mm. emotionally. So. I think the one thing that resonates the most with everything you just said there is around the, the energy, because I know, in order for a, a woman to tap into her feminine energy, it's very much aided when a, a man is tapping into his masculine energy, which is kind of what you alluded to. It's like you create the environment and then and then the woman obviously flourishes within that environment. Um, mm-hmm. So I agree with you on those points. I actually think that 
you are onto something. I think it may then manifest in terms of the sexual energy that it ends up in of what you're saying you know she may not be stimulated sexually in that way but i think it probably hits a couple of other areas before it manifests in this in the sexual i think there's probably some other uh injury it may cause uh when that is expressed where it is like you said do you do you think there's anything that a woman shouldn't be leaning on a man for if you're saying that you know you feel like a man shouldn't be leaning on a woman for the emotional side of security and safety? Mm, that's a really good point. Um, I mean, that's a really good question. I, I think when it comes to, um, hmm, wait, that's one before I speak. I want to think a second on that. I know you're interviewing me, but, you know, <laughs> now myself. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to like when a woman should just not. Yeah, I mean, it might be like what you did to me where I was like, I've not actually processed or heard that before, but it's something that I will chew on. Yeah, I need to chew on that one because I don't want to say something and then regret it. Well, well, yeah, exactly. I thought about this. Yeah, I think some of your explanation around what you said is more helpful than probably what you said. <laughs> Cause I just, I do like, I agree with you in terms of the space that each of us create. that if a man wants his woman to like be tender and sensitive towards him, it often comes when, like you said, she feels secure, she feels attractive, she feels safe. Then that then reci reciprocates with, with tenderness, affection, care which is what every man wants and what every woman want and then kind of there's a great book i think it's called uh love and respect um i don't know if you've if you've read that one no but it it kind of it generalizes a bit in in just so that i can try and articulate what the essence of the book is it says woman woman's main driver is that she's loved but a man's main driver is that he's respected doesn't mean that a woman doesn't want to be respected or a man doesn't want to be loved because they do. But the main driver is actually um, the more a man is respected by his woman, the, the capacity and his expression of love increases. And then the more the woman feels that love, the more respect. And that's kind of called the happy cycle. Then the, the, the opposite of that is disrespect. If um, a woman uh, disrespects her man, then his love for her uh, is withdrawn or withheld or suffers. And then she obviously experiences that and disrespects him more, you know, and then there's less love. And then you're on like the crazy cycle. Um, that's a really interesting dynamic and thought, too, with regards to how, you know, we started the show with, you know, our men and women um equal we're already talking about the fact that we're that we're not even by you know these things that we're discussing like emotionally and and energy wise you know and how it's so important that we continue to get to know each other you know you already said at the at the top um around about you know it's the small things that actually make men feel you know validated you know it's 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 helpful it's interesting mm-hmm yeah, that's a really good point. And there always are those cycles. It's like, 
it's really, it's really weird. Cause it's like, once you start, you know, once you start behaving this way, like this, then she's going to do this. And if she does that, you're going to do that. And then if you do that, and then it just like goes down this spiral where no one wants to make the first move to get, you know, to get each other back on track. Cause you're just emotionally reacting. Yeah. Um, but I think like now going back to your question, something that popped in my head was uh, women often have the sexual power in the relationship, um, meaning that they don't desire it or feel the need for it the majority of the time as much as the man does. They don't need it as much to feel loved as much as yeah. the man does, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yes. So women often have a hold on a man sexually and they abuse that power quite often. I've seen it again and again and again because they know they can, you know, get what they want from their man if they, if they hold back or if they give that away. And it's just a matter of like, what do I feel like doing? And it's, that's a form of disrespect in itself. And I think that women need to really be aware of that power and be aware of how they're using it. And, um, that's just something that, you know, you can't hold that above your man because part of that cycle, what that does is withholding sex from him is putting him in a place where he's now needy for sex. And now he's trying to please you and he avoids conflict and he starts being quiet and he starts just going along with what you say. And then you're getting turned off by it as a woman because you're like, all right, man up, like say something about it, say something back to me for once. Like, Tell me what to do for once. So now the woman's aggravated when this action started with her and the man is now in his head resentful of the woman because he's not getting, you know, sex when he wants and he's losing his masculinity. And then now he's resentful. He feels weak. He's lacking confidence. She's turned off. She's annoyed. She's frustrated. And, you know, what happens here? It's just the relationship begins to crumble because the sexual dynamic is pulled apart due to the woman abusing her power. So I think that's a really important concept for women um, to take away from. And it's not that women are always necessarily in the power seat of sex, but I've seen this so many times and I've seen what it does to men and how men feel and how they react based on those feelings. And it just, it just completely like gets to the point of no return a lot of the time, like where they're just already like, I want a divorce. That's it. Like let's. Yeah. One thing that's very true. That's helpful for both men and women is, is, what you said there um men often do feel love through sex the interesting thing for a woman is she has to feel loved in order to have sex yeah. so you you've got two def, different different mechanics um which are which is sometimes hard for each of the different sex sexes to to pick up you know being a man who's emotionally in intelligent i realize that there's a, a lot that i have to do to get her in the state in terms of her wanting to you know enter into that that kind of idea of of intimacy whereas for a man you know we're so quick to to get to that place and often need that to feel to feel loved um one thing that i always say uh, to men because it's true is and 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 some men, you know, I say this and I don't want people to um, manipulate this um, because it wouldn't be good. It would um, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be good at all. But the way to the way to make love to a woman is you, is you make love to her mind first. 
too often men are so focused on making love to her body that they forget all all the bit before before it um and it's painful i mean in some ways men that do it badly it makes the rest of us look good um you know but for, for the woman for the woman that's like that's different that's difficult for her because you know she's not an object she's not here for our pleasure you know it's very much uh, something that's expressed in a relationship of love it's it's something that's sacred and between two people um and something that's an expression you know of your of your companionship and your loyalty together but for me so so many men make the error of of um focusing on her her body and and trying to get to that point without understanding the way to get you know a woman to even contemplate making love to you is you know making love to her mind you know getting get into her intel into her intellect you know be be a man who like you said creates that environment of safety and security that that isn't just looking to please himself um and not have the responsibility of of what it is to provide yeah mm, i love that those are great points um yeah and i think that men do often lose sight and it's probably because of what you just said of how they want to feel loved and you know the first way they can feel that is through sex and then after sex then they'll treat her the way that maybe they're more so treat her the way she wants to be treated but it's like all right in order to get the sex though she has to feel a certain way and it's putting that ego aside again and realizing all right this is about you know this is about her this is it's not about her it's not all about her but it's like yeah it's like feeding her mind and i like that you brought up that point because i think women are more mentally turned on before they before they get to the point of having sex with someone and men are more visual men are more visual creatures in general just like instinctually evolutionary wise like take it back like men had to you know notice whose women which women have the big hips so that you know they would give me a healthy baby or like give me lots of babies um you know what women can would give me the best child that you know that it was all about looking at what women would would make a strong family for him um so i think that women you know evolutionary wise we're looking for this the smart man like who is going to be a smart hunter who's going to bring home you know what we need to cook and eat so it was more along the you know the smarts level and i think that's why women are very um women can fluctuate like if a woman finds a man somewhat attractive she's like ah i'm not like that sexually turned on by him physically but like mentally oh my god he's so sexy and then as we date him, like we'll date this guy. And then little by little, we find that we're more physically attracted to him. And it's like, whoa, like I'm so turned on by him physically. And the mindset and his men, the mentality of like how he makes us feel and like what we feel about his, our mental connection actually makes him visually more appealing for us. Whereas guys, it's really not the same um, from what I've experienced with guys and from what I studied anyway. Um mm. I find, or I, I study that like men are more, because they're more visual, a man will find a woman very sexually appealing physically, but you know, he can't, but he's less likely to find a woman he's not sexually appealing and then grow and then, you know, grow into that physical attraction. Mm. Like it's usually like you're attracted to her or you're not. Is that true? Mm. As a man, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think the dog agrees, you know, very passionate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
definitely wanted to get in on the action there. Probably an attention-seeking male. <laughs> Wait, I have something to say. <laughs> yeah. It probably if you can repeat it, Stephanie, because I must admit your your dog did completely like take my attention there. Okay, I know. There's dogs barking outside, so it's a problem. Um there's a dog out the window and a dog out the door. So there's my dog. <laughs> All right. So what I was saying was that because women, um, because women are more like mentally, um, you know, excited when it comes to sex, like we need the mental connection is more important than the physical connection. We actually grow physically attracted to a man. Like we have that ability to see him and not find him so attractive. But then once we get to know his mind, he becomes visually more attractive to us, like his body, his face, like we are actually visually more turned on. Where for men, what I've studied and what I've seen working with clients is that they will, um, if they don't find a woman physically attractive, but they go on a date with her and they really feel connected to her mind, they still won't find her physically attractive. They'll still have the thought of like, uh, I mean, she's okay. She's like cute. I'm not like sexually attracted to her physically, but like, she's a great woman. I love her. Like I, you know, so they don't, they don't necessarily grow. Like they don't see a woman who they're like, uh, she's like, she's cute. She's not like, I'm not sexually like excited by her appearance to all of a sudden getting to know her and then being like, she's so hot now physically. So I don't know. Yeah. I would, I'd say generally speaking, that's probably true. Uh, because like you said, you know, us men, we are physically uh, stimulated by, by what we see. Um, I know that people for me, not necessarily that I had a relationship with them, um, but over a period of time, they became more attractive by, you know, their energy, their, their conversation, their depth. Um, I've seen that. But I would say, generally speaking, yes, I think men are more dismissive. Uh, you know, if you think of something like Tinder, you know, it's very much based on appearance. And, and, you know, as a man, you know, she's either attractive or she isn't. And you don't even have the opportunity to prove that man otherwise. It would be interesting to see when a woman's using Tinder, like how she is also making her choices um because obviously you know for her that may be more difficult if she's thinking actually there's there's more to a man than how he looks you know it's interesting that there's a lot of dating apps it is focused very much on on the physical um rather than maybe somebody creating something that actually manifests and focuses on something that's less physical it'd probably help maybe women more but maybe not so much men but it's a thought yeah well, that's what i that's what i think is great about hinge the dating app hinge because it's like it's mixed it's a mix between a picture and something that they the person believes or a story about the person or their favorite experience. And then it's a picture and then it's more about what the person thinks or like something funny the person can say. So it's like, it's very this, that, this, that. Um, and I think like, you know, when it comes to it, what's, what do you think would be, would be that way of like mentally engaging someone right off the bat in a, I'm curious. Well, I, always, ideas. I always think that, you know, if there's, if there's a topic that you're really passionate about like it just naturally like 
pours out of you? I mean, because I'm a writer, you know, I write about mindset, self-leadership, ambition, goals, life purpose. You know, it does stimulate, you know, the thought process. And a lot of women actually, if I'm honest, love psychology. And I think, you know, if you're a man, like trying to attract a woman, then then do go study psychology. Because once you start talking about that stuff, it's like, you know, women start to think, goodness, he's actually got a bit of depth, you know, which is, you know, which for me, you know, these are the things that obviously do uh, connect, uh, you know, with a woman. Whereas if you think of the stereotypical man, you think of cars, you think of uh, big muscles, you think of tattoos, you know, you think of all, all those other things, uh, drinking, you know, um, and not so much around around intellect. You know, I mm. I often talk about. You know, it's fine to have big muscles, but how many men do I know that have big muscles, but the strength in their mind, you know, they're walking around with a fat head, you know, mind obesity, you know, where there's no substance. There's nothing, there's nothing here that can carry you through when life gets tough, you know. And so when you talk, talked about security, it isn't just the security, like the physical security. It's the ability and the emotional understanding of how to support someone through the death of a loved one, through, um, you know, their own challenge with their own health, losing a job, you know, missing out on the, on a dream job, whatever it is, having that, having that substance and that strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like to think of providership that way, because the way I look at it, it's not like, um, you know, protecting her and provide for her. When I say that, I don't just mean provide financially. And I think a lot of guys believe that's what it is. And they, they say like, Oh, like I can't these days. It's so hard to, and they like already get all defensive. And it's like, all right, like when it comes to providership, it's not just about like, it's not all about financial support. It's like that, you know, it's the, the emotional strength, the, the discipline, it's about your emotional like capacity or mental capacity to get out of situations or get mm-hmm. into situations that are going to make her feel safer or just wiser in general. Like, so that's, yeah, a big part of it is like, you know, providing her a way out when, when you guys need a way out, like, what are you going to do if shit hits the fan? Are you going to like step up and lead her to a better place? It's really, you know, how to, how to look at it. And it's, you need emotional intelligence and you need to study it and practice it. You know, I tell people too, I tell guys, it's like, it's not something that naturally comes and certain guys have it and certain guys don't. And I think a lot of guys feel that way. And they're like, I'm just not like that. I don't know anything about psychology or like, I don't know how to communicate. Like I wasn't raised that way. It's like, all right, you're a grown ass man now. Like, you can, it is your job to study, you know, communication skills or get yourself in the place of, you know, knowing a little more about like mindset or how to intellectually stimulate a woman. Like that's your job now. Like don't, you can't blame it on your parents anymore when you're 40 years old. Like, you know, you can't come to me and say, oh, I wasn't raised that way. Like you're raising yourself now. It's time to take responsibility and take new action. So any thoughts on that? No, I mean, I, I'm big into like self-development, personal development. That's where my business lies, you know, and I, I'm a big believer if you improve the person, you improve business, you improve relationships. But it starts with you. It starts with your relationship with yourself. It then starts with, you know, your own reflection and assessment. You know, if, if something 
uh, isn't serving me or if I can identify a repeated uh, occurrence of a problem, it's obviously something that needs, you know, addressing. You know, I, I, I love being a lover of learning, love developing, love learning new things, you know. So for me, it's a daily it's a daily habit of mine that I'm, I'm reading something, I'm listening to something, uh, I'm having conversation, I'm writing something, you know. And so for me, as a man, if you can start to realize, you know, your mind is a muscle, just like your forceps, and the more that you work it out, the stronger it becomes and the more attractive it becomes, you know, not only to yourself, but to those around you. One thing that I think is the most important thing when it comes to finding a partner in a relationship is the fact that there's too much focus on what the other person wants and not enough focus on who they need to be in order to attract the person that they want so for me it's like if i'm saying to you you know make love to a woman's mind first then any smart man will realize and it can't be fake because it can't just be right i'm just gonna you know uh take what mark's saying now and, and start talking about things i don't know and just saying things because i know how to manipulate the system and she's going to be more sexually responsive to me because um, you're going to be found out anyway. It has to be something that is a, a natural lifestyle of, of behavior and, and wanting to learn and grow. But I think the most attractive people on the planet are the people that uh, want to continue to grow. And the relationships that grow and flourish and survive are the ones that are determined to keep growing, that they don't plateau, that they don't stop. But too often people get comfortable one grows, the other one doesn't, relationship fails. It needs to be something that you're constantly having check-ins with saying, you know, this is where we're heading, are we together? You know, are we going for the same things? You know, for me, that's really, really important. Hmm. What would you say to couples who feel awkward about that conversation of having a check-in? Like, what do you think is a good way to start having that type of check-in on growth or where the relationship's going to the point like for someone who's maybe not used to doing any of that, what would yeah. be the starting point? Well, often they say, you know, it's, it, I don't want to do that. Like, but in some ways it's like, you don't want to not do that. It's like, you know, it'll, it'll cost me too much. It'll cost you more if you don't. It's, it's either you settle for the risk of a failed relationship, which I've had one, um, or you actually think, because they say prevention's better than cure, which is totally true. And, and the reason we have check-ins is so that we can actually prevent us going down the inevitable slippery slope. So I can see from my own experience within my marriage and then my divorce, I can see whether a relationship's going to survive or not. I don't necessarily say it because everybody's story can be different. And I don't like to kind of prophesy the fact that something looks similar to my journey because it may well uh, be different. So I am cautious of that, but I, I can typically tell uh, if they're too far down a road, whether it's even retrievable. And, and so the reason of check-ins is actually to, like I said, it's a, it's a preventative, not a cure. I talk about it in inside job, not particularly about this point, but I talk about 
Formula One. Now they have they have regular pit stops, and why do they have them? It's so that car can keep at its you know its top performance. And yet sometimes I say you know sometimes you have to stop to get ahead. Sometimes the relationship needs the pit stop, not because anything's wrong, but actually to make sure that something doesn't happen where you get a blown tire, you know, and it could have been, you know, prevented if you'd have taken the chance just to have that pit stop, have that check-in. Mm. Yeah, and that's a good way to look at it because I think yeah. a lot of people have, um, you know, they go out and have a nice date and then they just assume, okay, the relationship's great. We laughed a lot today. She she kissed me more than usual. We're good. And then, you know, you just assume instead of actually talking to the person and then you and then you get to the point where things are looking a little, you know, not okay. so great, but then you're not comfortable at that point to to have a discussion with her because you feel more separate and then it's yeah. you lose it. So it's like have the conversations, I think is, you know, what you're saying, even when things are going great, like have it anyway, like it's still preventative and it's even more helpful when you're in a loving uh, communicative part of the relationship yeah. stage. Exactly. Yeah. So cool. What does that look like for you? Cause I have, sometimes I give examples of initiating that, that pit stop conversation. What does it look like for you? Like what would an example be that you could give where it's like someone initiates that check-in conversation? Yeah, I think it's Tim Ferriss and his girlfriend. They have quarterly like check-ins and, and it, it resonates with me because, you know, if I'm, if I've set goals for the year or if I'm, I'm tracking my behavior or trying to establish a new routine or a new pattern, then I'm constantly uh, evaluating where I was to where I am. It's like getting on a scale and then saying, you know, I'm, I'm losing weight, uh, I'm reducing my BMI, uh, my body mass index is, is coming down. Um, and so for me, it would be pretty much, and you can make it quite, you can make it quite beautiful and say, you know what, we're going to go and have a meal somewhere. Uh, and, and after the meal, we're going to just, uh, we're just going to check in with each other, you know, and you could have some set like thoughts on what you may talk about some things that may be awkward or maybe just important. Um, you know, I believe in, you know, having a date night once a week, you know, uh, you can totally mix it up and make it something that's enjoyable because I think, you know, relationships do need work. Yeah. As much as we're human beings, cause I think I, I emphasize that a lot. We are human beings. We're not human doings. Um, so we do need to make sure that our relationship is about being, but I do think that, you know, taking the time to actually assess, I love feedback if I'm honest, I, I, I thrive on it. Um, criticism is a, a little more prickly for me. I do tend to find that more, more challenging, but if I, if I'm mindful of, of the motive behind it, then I'm very accepting of it. Sometimes I'm more wary of those that don't know me, but want to criticize, but those that do, you know, I think it's about motive, but it'd be very much, yeah, like make, make it enjoyable, make it something that, you know, like I said, have a meal, kind of have a, have a day away together where you, you know, you go to a, a spa or whatever, just an opportunity to do something together. That's nice. But then also, you know, do something meaningful, talk about your relationship, how you feel, what's on your mind, you know, and it, and it being 
relaxed as well as it being purposeful. Mm. I love that. I like the creating the positive environment along with it so that there's a positive association. You know, whenever we go here, whenever we drink coffee together, we talk about each other and it's like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's great. It's not threat mode. Yeah. 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 I usually don't really say that if I, if when I, and when I give that advice, so now I'm going to add in like, you know, add a positive experience along with it. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be fancy, you guys. Like, don't think you have to go to a spa or you have to go like to a nice restaurant. It's not about that. It's just like creating a relaxed environment. So whatever that means to you or whatever, you know, makes the most sense, I think can work for anyone. And we can always do a part two, Stephanie, can't we? Yes, we can. Oh my God, <laughs> it's almost one o'clock. Damn it. Oh, okay. Well, can you, yeah, well, definitely we should do a part two, like really soon. <laughs> you could do next week. Um, that would be awesome. We could just pick this up because I have a few other points I want to talk to you about. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Definitely. We can okay. tease people with this one and make them want more. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Well, Mark, where can, uh, where can people find you? Where can they hear more about like what you do, your books? Yeah, I mean, I'm on all the social media uh, platforms. Uh, my handle is actually my surname first, so Sefton uh, Mark. Sometimes I do get people call me Sefton, which always makes me chuckle. <laughs> it always reminds me of my school days, you know, or even when I play yeah, soccer now, my that. team. Yeah, my teammates are like Sefton, you know, it does happen. Um, my website's being reconstructed at the moment. That's marksefton.com. Um, but most of the time I'm just receptive yeah, to, to any of the social media like LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse. Yeah. Cool. So, You're everywhere. What about now, your books? Yeah. So my books on Amazon, uh, Inside Job, um, I wrote that in 2014. Uh, that is based on the premise, you're only as good as the thoughts you think. If you want to change your outward experiences, you have to change your inward dialogue. Um, Plot Twist I wrote in 2017, which is about how we all have goals and visions for our life. Something comes from left field, takes us in a different direction. I teach people how to pivot, evolve and reinvent themselves. And none of us have experienced so many plot twists as the last year that we've had. Uh, and then my third one, um, probably be launching in the middle of uh, 2021, uh, which I'm really excited for. So watch this space on that one. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for your knowledge and sharing. And I can't wait to have you back. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me.